there, beautiful people. Welcome to Fantai, the podcast for all those complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our lives. It's I am journalist, editor, and authoress times two, Travel Anderson. And I am smooth-faced to kind of giving goatee, but still not really sure about facial hair, Jared Hill. Coming up on the show today, we're having a conversation about the... Why is that funny? What? What? It's it's funny because it's is is it was it was a shady laugh. It wasn't like a it was a it wasn't journey. a friendly welcome laugh. It was a <laughs> kind of laugh. Actually, Laura, can you insert the it laugh that Travell just did? Can we put that in right here? But they could just rewind. 15 no, 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 seconds. no, 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 no. Why you be no, 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 it's fine. Put it in right here. <laughs> did you hear the shade? You y'all heard the shade, right? Like right in the first moment. Say point A, hey man, thank you so much, Swish. We appreciate you. I think you. that is your own personal stuff you got to work through. <laughs> I just want to point out the light skin phobia that we have right up at the top of the wow. show. Wow. Oh, wow, y'all. He's coming in hot. He is coming in hot. We are talking about the pandemic this week. Wow. What a, I feel like each week this little intro gets longer and longer. We are talking about the pandemic, the good, the bad, and the not so terrible of the things that have happened over the last two years and how we're supposed to be able to talk about it if it isn't terrible. But first... There is a new social media trend going around where folks are sharing the hot takes that'll get them canceled. So, for example, someone will tweet, we're canceling each other over gym takes today. Post your cancelable gym take. Or people will post post your personal finance take that will get you canceled. Or like, you know, your music take or whatever. And then people respond, right? And whatnot. And so for our Pass the Popcorn this week, I wanted to turn it on us, toward us. So Jared, what is, I'll keep it general for you. What's a, what's a hot take that you have that will get you canceled. So we have a new episode of Pop Culture Happy Hour that just came out. It's about Rathaniel. It is out right now. Y'all can go listen to it. One of the things that I wanted to say on that episode, but I didn't, because we were kind of out of time and we were having such a rosy conversation about it. I didn't like the people talking back to the stage and it pissed me off. It really kind of started to irk my spirit. And like, I know that it was like a very familial kind of space and that it was something where everyone was trying to have community and to be supportive. But like, it's actually the thing that really irritated me when she was like, you're not telling us your name. It's like, bitch, it's very clearly a thing that we're doing here. When the people were yelling back about the mom, like stuff like that, it really actually, some of it was really, really great. And a lot of it really, really irked me. Sorry, hot take. I don't know if that is a hot take or not. Um, it is. It does not match my opinion. I, I it irritated <laughs> uh, but, the fuck out of me. But that's okay. Hmm. You know what it is? What? It's because you light skin. You know what? <laughs> you know what? Laura, Laura, can we just can we drop in that laugh one more time right here? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yep, y'all heard that. I can't. Y'all heard that. The disrespect. Oh my god. Um, what's your hot take? What's so, your cancelable opinion? I really don't think I have anything Bitch, I mean, no, hold, anything. On, hold on hold on because what y'all don't see is in our production meeting yesterday Travel is like now don't just make up some shit on the spot it gives me all this fever <laughs> and wants to do this and then comes in with I don't really have one actually I do have a hot take okay I don't think this is 
going to get me canceled per se, but I do think that people might look at me crazy. And you know what? I'm going to go with it. I think Beyonce is a great actress. We want to know what y'all think. Hit us up on social media (laughs) at Fantai Podcast. Uh, Instagrams, DMs, use the hashtag Fantai Fam. Oh, my God. Um, Way to throw a grenade into the middle of a room and run out. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the pandemic. Lord, get us out of here and do it quickly, Jesus. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen here, stress shows up in all kinds of ways. And in a world that's telling you to do more, sleep less, and grind all of the time, here is your reminder to take care of your self. Do less, and guess what? Maybe try some therapy. Now, listen, I've told y'all about the wondrous powers, okay, of Miss Jacqueline, okay? Who should get me together every single time? I recently need to, I figured I should be telling more people about what I was trying to do before I got into therapy, right? And, you know, I was just, just trying to be a lazy boy therapist for myself, you know, therapizing myself, trying to, you know, come up with my own reasons for why I do what I do and how I'm is what I'm is, all right? But guess what? These licensed professionals, they get you together for real, for real, in a way that you can't do yourself. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. Go find you a Miss Jacqueline, okay? Fantai listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Fantai. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Fantai. Whether it's a warm cup of coffee basking in the warm sunlight or listening to a sexy story, pleasure is all around us. With Dipsy, your sanctuary is waiting. Escape into a world where pleasure is your only priority. Dipsy is an ad full of hundreds of short, sexy stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters no matter what you're into or what turns you on. Find stories about that intriguing coworker with a British accent or hooking up with your hot yoga instructor. They even have stories designed specifically for your zodiac sign. So for those of you that care, get your life. I want to also say that for stories written by women for women, they tend to always be better for everybody. Let's just be honest about it. For listeners of the show, though, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash fanti. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsy, D-I-P-S-E-A, stories.com slash fanti. Dipsystories.com slash fanti. Welcome back to the Fantasia Barino Fan Club board meeting. I'm here because I was appointed and not elected, Jared Hill. (laughs) This week, we're getting into a bit of an awkward one because it's truly a mixed bag of blessings for some and tragedies for others, and a lot of both for most. But that's as fantai as it gets. For me, the pandemic itself has been revelatory and transformative, but some of the darkest depression and some of the worst hardship that I've experienced have been in the last two years as well. And it's always a weird feeling to say, like, fortunately in this space, but fortunately, I've not lost anyone close to me to COVID, though I have lost friends in the last couple of years, even in the last couple of months. I've also been asterisk fortunate to not have caught COVID throughout the last two years. In the last two years for us, we've launched a show to great success. I don't know if you guys have heard about our podcast. 
<laughs> I've become president of NABJLA in my reign of terror. My God, have mercy on us. Much to Travel Sugar. <laughs> I've done a lot of soul searching on the work I'm doing creatively and also about the person that I want to be. We've got a book deal. We've got some other shit coming, God willing, and the creek don't rise with the COVID. With millions of people harmed and devastated in myriad ways, it makes having a conversation about how good things are for us right now feel a little bit weird. And it kind of is like the weight loss conversation that we recently had about how I felt uncomfortable celebrating it in public because I didn't want to feel fat phobic or be fat phobic or hurt anyone, but I also wanted to celebrate an accomplishment. It also feels a little bit like that. So I guess, Travel, to kind of get us into this conversation, where were you when the pandemic was just kind of starting? What was happening for you? As we were launching the show, I had just gotten into a relationship and that was going well and wonderful. I had also, at the end of 2019, I was laid off from Out Magazine. So at the top of 2020, I was, you know, trying to doggy paddle Mm. in the waters of media and freelancing, trying to piece that all together. And just like, you know, unsure of like what was next in a lot of a lot of particular ways. Just like, you know, taking it one day at a time, trying to pay the bills, trying to keep things afloat. And then, you know, especially when we <laughs> I think we, we we had recorded two or three episodes, maybe. No, we were like six episodes on the air when when the pandemic started and we had pre-taped one or two episodes before the show launched. Right. OK, yeah. So we were still like early into the life of the show. And so then having to pivot to doing it, I was doing it in my closet at the apartment I was at at the time, which was new and different. And we was fucking up the audio every single time, I feel like. It I'm just still was... fucking up the audio. So, I mean. And you are. And you are. Uh, but that's all right. That's all right. We see each other. Listen, Will um, Hagel! and so yeah that like that's where it was for me and then i think i was just like there was a lot of uncertainty at at that particular time but what about for you i was in a really interesting spot because i had just left my show on channel q um, that i was co-hosting i left there uh, at the end of january and i was doing like election specials and i had just gotten an offer from nbc to go be a reporter somewhere and ended up turning that down and then I was auditioning for another show and we were, you know, in the early days of this show. And so we launched the show and then gotten some interest from a network about doing something for television. And we were just starting to entertain that with our network and that network and like all of that kind of stuff. And so that was kind of an interesting prospect. And I really hadn't like slowed down to kind of process the last year that I'd had. And once the pandemic started, I started really realizing like how unhappy I had been in my last situation and ended up really processing through a lot of that when the pandemic was, you know, in its earliest days. And then, you know, we've done shows here, the earlier parts of the pandemic, right after George Floyd, about what it was like to, you know, do that kind of work in that time. And I did a story about it. And it was like, it was a really interesting time. It was fertile soil, if you will, for like, you know, really being able to like do a lot of soul searching for myself. When did you realize the pandemic was about to be significant though? Like, what was that? Do you remember like a moment? Maybe like two weeks before we shut down here in LA, I, with my partner at the time, we were on like a work trip to the Bay Area. We knew that something was like floating in the air, but we weren't yet wearing masks and whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm remembering correctly. 
this was the moment where folks were like, you know, hoarding toilet paper still. Like, mm-hmm. or like early when like it was just uncertain. People were like buying up stuff off of the grocery store shelves. And I think when I had gone to, I think it was a Whole Foods or something, and like I started seeing like empty shelves, I was like, oh, people. At the time, I was like, people, people, y'all doing the most. Y'all doing a lot. Like, what's going on? Calm down. What's the problem? But then two weeks later, we was in our houses. Yeah. There's two things that I remember distinctly about when the pandemic started. One, I remember the announcement that South by Southwest had been canceled and me thinking, like, how massive an event that is and, like, the hundreds of millions of dollars and all of the travel and all that kind of stuff. Them canceling that was, like, startling to me. And I was like, holy shit, this is serious. And then that was March 6th. And then March 11th is the day when everything, like, happened, right? I remember the first thing in the wave that I remember was they canceled the NBA season. And I was like, what the fuck? And, like, (laughs) that night I remember watching TV and it was like, this thing was canceled and that thing was canceled and this is the numbers and this is what we're concerned about. And I remember, like, standing up watching the news for hours that night, just like, what is happening? What is happening? So... I remember just kind of being startled by that. But then there's a lot that kind of happens over the course of that two years. And you kind of had the idea that we would kind of start off with the anti on this first and then kind of move into the fan. Yeah, because I think it's, I mean, you've already said this in your intro, but like I do, I want to recognize the oddness Mm -hmm. of talking about these last two years in any sort of positive way. Right. When we look at ultimately how much trauma many of us have, you know, experienced over the last two years, loss, grief, being alone and lonely and whatnot, all of those types of of emotions. And so I thought it would be better for us to start with those things that we, we all kind of share as a means of just recognizing what we're all going through before we also point out, you know, some really high highs that we've also been able to experience alongside the more negative type thing. Sure. So what would you say are the antis for you? For me, my social life was rooted in all of the events that I was going to for coverage purposes. There were so many relationships that I had with folks that we didn't need to have each other's numbers because I know I'm I'm I know I'm gonna see her next week at the next event. Oh, I know I'm going to see them then, right? And and that didn't take, in my opinion, didn't take away from the relationship. But then to not have the events, to not have those in-person connections, I think for someone like myself who, I know I look extroverted and got this whole personality and all that other stuff, but I really love staying at home. I, I really love, you know, sticking to myself. Doing the events and building the relationships in that particular way were, it was a useful tool for me to, you know, show this part of my personality that is super out there and that, you know, gravitates people toward me, but also still have my own thing for myself at home. But then once we were all in home and, you know, I wasn't leaving for work. Uh, Even if my work in my eyes was going to, again, some sort of event, Mm -hmm. it just wasn't, it wasn't good, right? So some of those cursory relationships that were meaningful to me just didn't sustain because that type of social interaction wasn't there anymore. And it's important to say right here, right, that we are 
two years into the pandemic and and you know what hit it swish the pandemic isn't over oh. just because you're over it the pandemic isn't Listen. over just Amen. because you're over it it is not indeed let it wash the over pandemic you. Isn't yes. over just because you're over it hallelujah let me tell you again tell us again tell you again the pandemic hallelujah. isn't over just because you're over it no it's not Hallelujah. Oh, my Lord. Come on, sing. Don't be a dumbass. Period. Okay. We're going to drop the link to that creative's YouTube page so y'all can see all of that and support them directly. But I just wanted to give that PSA to folks because I know even as we have this conversation, you know, the pandemic's still going on. Right. Listen. Like, Mask mandates are being reinstated on the East Coast already. You know, the numbers is going up, y'all. That kind of knocked the pause in me yesterday, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I saw the, the headline, the push alert, and I was like, oh, girl. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I just, I don't you know. And, know. It, and they're doing it as a precautionary measure, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're seeing the numbers go up. And so they're like, listen, before it gets too bad... You know, let's go ahead and put this back in place. I say that because it's also interesting for me for us to have this conversation because the pandemic is still going, right? And so all of these things that we are we have named and will name uh, on this anti side of the discourse, right, is is for many of us, right, for the things that hit hit us personally as well as the things that hit other people who are listening, it's still in progress. Yeah. I I know for myself, one of the major antis immediately was, I mean, obviously, a lot of things that were moving, like, slowed all the way down or stopped, right? Like, I was auditioning for a TV show. And then, like, we ended up having to move the audition to Zoom. And then, like, they never followed up with any of us after that because, like, the show never happened. And so that was really, really frustrating. But it was also, it was hard to watch people's responses to it as well. Right? Like, some people, you see their responses to it and you're kind of surprised at the choices they make, right? That I'm not wearing a mask. Then over the course of time, like, I'm not getting no vaccine and all that. It was interesting to kind of, like, watch how people responded to each other about it and watch parents, like, showing up at school boards and cussing at schools and, like, arguing with children. The biggest thing that I always think about the that first year of the pandemic was I was so grateful that it happened in the last year of Donald Trump's presidency and not the first. Right. And like we were able to like have an election and get rid of Donald Trump, because if we had to go through the pandemic with Donald Trump for years and years, like I just I can't imagine how we would have gotten through that on top of like how terrible it was to be under the Trump administration and under this pandemic at the same time. And so those were the things that were like most frustrating to me immediately when the pandemic started and feeling like nothing was moving anymore. But also still feeling busy all the time, too, because there was like trying to figure out how to make this work and how to make how to, you know, do other things and kind of set up a thing here. Uh, So that was challenging, too. So if we kind of transition it to more of the fan side, like, uh, as we said, it's been difficult, but also has had some some big pluses for us. What would you say have been like some of the pluses for you throughout the pandemic, the time that we've been in it so far? Early 2020, I was only like writing a book was just a thought. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, oh, yeah, I want to write a book. Yeah. You, you book proposal. Yeah, girl, I work on it, sis. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> you know, and then through the pandemic, I wrote the book proposal and sold my book. And then we wrote our book proposal 
And then we sold our book. And this was happening, I think, alongside, right, in 2020, feeling like when the whole George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Tony McDay Mm -hmm. moment was going on that summer, right? It was during Pride Month, you know, jobs, booked out the wazoo, right? Mm -hmm. Which was interesting because 2020, I made less money in 2020 than I did when I was at Out Magazine, obviously, or maybe that's not obvious, but I made less money than my first year of freelancing through the pandemic, even though it felt like I was booked. It felt mm. like I was busy. Yes. I made less money than I did when I was at Out. But then 2021, 2021 was interesting because I made the most money that I've ever made in my life. I think she got two book deals. <laughs> But it, it <laughs> and she yes. was working, working. Yes, it, it's the book deals. It's 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 the podcasts. It's the you know it's it's everything, right? And this moment has been really interesting because while yes, there has been a lot of destruction, you know, in various ways, it also helped make some changes in industries to where now I can say that like. I'm doing pretty okay as a freelancer. And I recognize still that, that, you know, that's not everybody's narrative, right? A lot of people are still out here struggling or whatnot. But what I'm doing now, I did not consider even being options legitimately at the start of the pandemic. And I think to look back on that journey, the weird ways that these things have developed, is just, it ain't nothing but God, honey. I mean, honey, she's been, she's been a busy girl. I feel like for me, the pandemic and quarantine more specifically have been interesting in that I think the George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, that moment that was happening in, you know, the big white reckoning, learning about racism, that time of year was like the beginning of everything like starting to change for me because you and I talked about how exhausting June was, right? With pride and black shit and all of that. And like, I remember feeling so burnt out that... Soon after that, I don't know if it was immediately, but soon after that, I started changing my schedule to where I wouldn't like take meetings on Fridays anymore, right? So that I could just have like time the to bane myself. Of my to, like, existence, y'all. Listen, I I don't take meetings on Fridays, and then I extended it to Thursdays because I'm able to write and be creative and design and do it and build my lectures and all that kind of stuff when I don't take meetings every day. Um, because of the way it, you know, fucks up your flow to have to like stop and go talk to these hoes and then go deal with Travel and then, you know, that kind of stuff. And like, I found myself starting to like give myself more space and grace to like change my schedule to my assistant, like, hey, let's try this, let's try that. And I've been able to kind of find my way through like giving myself what I need at work. Um, and like, and that has been really, really transformative for me. But I've also had like, a lot of development on myself about who I am as a creative, what I want as a creative, how I see myself as a leader and how I want to move forward, what my relationship with God is like and how that has changed and evolved and grown, what my sex and sexuality lens is as a person who, you know, is single and out here. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, There's been like so much to think about, about how life has felt different and has changed over time. Let me try. Let me try to take this deeper, just a little deeper. Oh God! Do you have survivor's guilt, or, or you know, about like quote unquote coming out, right? Because the pandemic isn't over just because you're over it, but like coming out on this other end better. 
I don't know. I don't know if you would consider it better if that's the language you would use. But I would say, for yeah, me, I mean, I'm coming out definitely better, better. And I do. I I feel a little survivor's guilt about it. Interesting. I I don't feel that. What is that about? And I I'll say I think that I probably don't feel it. Well, I don't. You haven't lost anyone that was that was very close to you to COVID either, if I'm not mistaken. But like, I because I haven't lost anyone that was close to me, I feel like that's probably why. But why do you feel like you feel survivors go? I think it's that reason. Except I'm I'm not just you know focusing on on the people, you know that I share blood with. Right? There's been a lot of death. God damn mm. it! Like a yeah. lot of people died. Yeah. You know. There are people who didn't die, right? Who would they call it the, the long COVID, right? You 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 still have mm. these. You 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 still ain't got your taste buds back. You still you know all this other stuff. You have your taste buds, but you don't have taste. To be clear, yeah, the what taste he buds said. ain't gone. To be clear, but, <laughs> also people that I'm in relation with, right, have lost people, right. Mm-hmm. It hasn't hit me, quote unquote, yet. I, I don't really consider myself to be an empath. You know, let me give that disclaimer. But I think that's the thing that's in my mind is that, like, you know, people lost jobs because of the pandemic, like so outside of their mm-hmm. control. And as somebody who lost their job, you know, slightly before the pandemic, but like it's turning it, if I do say so yeah. myself. And I should be saying it's not a, it's not the type of guilt that is is like you know debilitating or that I'm deeply thinking about, but I do think it impacts how I go about articulating what this moment is like for me. You're calling it survivor's guilt, and I don't think I had called it that, but I do know that a little bit of guilt is the reason that we're even doing this show. Right, because you came up with this idea. Yeah, well, like, I always feel awkward talking about, like, how great the last two years has been for me and what it's done for me when I know that so many people have lost family members or have been injured or have lost their homes or, you know what I mean, that it's been a really difficult time for a lot of people. I I think about, like, our healthcare workers and our essential workers and, like, how difficult that time has been for so many people and it's like it makes me feel I don't I still don't know if I would call it survivor's guilt but there's definitely some guilt around it that I can't ignore maybe it's not survivor's guilt right because like we 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 if you are listening to us you are still here and so you have survived something right but maybe it's can you imagine like the the playlist feed in heaven or hell like and oh we definitely on, like, on rotation in hell huh no shade no shade no shade i think the girls up at the pearly gates have their airpods in and are like in the juke two. joint the juke joint section of heaven you know that's what yes. we're playing at we're not on the the premiere station i also thought about like the things that were challenging laura has asked us a question here as we're talking and i think it's actually a really good one Sometimes the producer produces us in the conversation. She says, do either of you want to share thoughts on what you learned and or already knew about this country, about healthcare, societal fissures, et cetera? I think the pandemic really highlighted for me the extremes to which white people and Republicans more specifically will go to support white supremacy. The ways that white people and Republicans more specifically have gone out of their way to believe in Donald Trump beyond science, beyond, you know, common sense to, like, deny a sickness, right? Because he didn't want to, you know, quote-unquote hurt the country when in reality he could have just, like, done mass mandates and done a lot of things and probably slowed this down a lot. 
um, it was really eye-opening to me that like people will, are willing to believe anything that you tell them. Um, and I think that when we think about it from the lens of politics, when we think about it, um, how we're seeing this war kind of play out in Ukraine and, and Russia, like the importance of the media is is has never been more visible to me, right? The way that we hear about the Russian people getting propaganda from Vladimir Putin, that is just like all kinds of things that are completely incorrect, but also seeing the data that the majority of Russians believe it. I think about that being here, right? The way that we have Fox News and the way that so many people believe the things that they hear there about COVID, about vaccines, about Donald Trump, about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and whatever other crazy shit it's really highlighted for me the importance of who who controls the narrative because all that shit can get away from us. Interesting. We just got real political real quick. I, I, I'm not sure that the pandemic has revealed anything to me. I think, was it Maya Angelou who said when, when they show you who they is, believe them the first time? Listen. Okay. Honey, and the second and the third and the 12th and the and 38th. So, I haven't been surprised. Let's just put it put it that way. But what, while you were talking, though, I was thinking about the the point you made about the survivor's guilt and calling it survivor's guilt, right? I was thinking about what it, what if it's not survivor's guilt? What if it's thrivers' guilt? I don't know if that's oh, a thing, but D- go ahead. That feels very buzzwordy. Does it? <laughs> It does. I it do. I'm not a survivor. I'm a thriver. But here's like, the thing, it feels though. Very, yeah. But here's the thing, though. I don't know how you if how you feel, but like, I'm not just surviving, and that's no shade. No, right? I get it. I she, mean, she's doing yeah. really fucking well, right? Like, she's yeah. the girl is thriving, right? But there are a lot of people who ain't. There's a lot yeah. of people who ain't. <laughs> I can see. The the tweets now, I can see the the allegations and accusations of even us having this conversation being gross or insensitive. It feels awkward, but like I think that there are a lot of people who throughout the time of the pandemic, I, you know what, I, the way that I think about this is, is similarly to the way that I think about grief. Mm-hmm. The first person in my family that I lost that was like close to me was my grandmother, and that was right before the pandemic had started. Uh, in the year prior. And like, I have had so many different feelings about that over the course of probably like that first two years or so after she passed away, where I was trying to figure out like what I felt about it. And like, we weren't even like super close anymore when she had passed away, but it brought things up for me in different moments that I didn't see it coming. I remember distinctly, and I feel like I talked about this on the show, like being in the grocery store and a song came on, Gladys Knight, um, you're the best thing that ever happened to me. I think that's the name of the title. But like that song started playing in the grocery store and I just started weeping and I didn't even know why I was crying, right? And the ways that grief shows up for us in ways that we don't see or don't don't know or don't expect or can't necessarily process, I think that going through this pandemic has been very similar. None of us has ever gone through something like this, right? None of us have gone through a, a, a global pandemic where everyone has... Um, been affected in such a significant way. And I don't think any of us know how we're supposed to be feeling or dealing. I remember talking with Spirit, who we had on our mental health culture episode early on in that first year and like maybe in the fall of that first year and her saying to me like, we've all been in survival mode for months, (laughs) 
right? And you're not supposed to be in that like survival mode for, you know, extended periods. It's supposed to be like, something's happening. I need to survive and be okay. But like, we've been in survival mode for months and months and now years, right? And I think that it takes a toll on us that we don't necessarily know. There will be studies in 10 years that will show us about things that are happening to our bodies and our minds and our, you know, the ways that we look at the world right now. And we'll look back and be like, oh yeah, I was one of those girls. Oh, the depression, she hit real hard. Suicidal ideation, yep. You know, all those things. And we'll start to see that data. But like, I don't think it's unfair for people to not know how to talk about it and for some people to be upset to hear people talking about how things have been good for them because like of all of the things that it brings up. So all that said, we want to know what y'all think, how the pandemic has been for you. I'm sure that we've got some people upset and some people that can relate um, and many places in between. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram and now also on TikTok at Fanti Podcast. Hit us up using the hashtag Fanti Fam. Let us know what you think. Coming up, we want to know why y'all hate us so much. I just don't get it. We got listener feedback and a whole lot more coming up. Don't go anywhere. Max Fun Drive is just around the corner. 2022. Starting April 25th, it's the best time of the year to support your favorite shows by becoming a MaxFun member or upgrading your membership. Just two weeks. We've got some great episodes and amazing thank you gifts in store. And who knows, maybe a few surprises. Don't forget bonus content. So make sure to tune in starting Monday, April 25th to get all the juicy details on what each show has in store. Actually, wait, what are the details anyway? Why are they juicy? That's kind of a strange adjective to describe details. Congratulations, you've won a ticket to attend an exclusive opportunity in a relaxing environment with two lovers. Wow. Well, this sounds like a sort of proposition of sorts, but really it's an ad for our podcast. Wonderful. It's a show we do here on Maximum Fun where we talk about things that we like and things that we're into. I'm Rachel McElroy, and you just heard Griffin McElroy, and we are excited for you to join us as we talk about movies and music and books. Things like sneezing or the idea of rain. (laughs) Can you get news or information you can use? Absolutely you cannot, because we're here to talk to you about pumpernickel bread. You can find new episodes on Wednesdays. So catch, catch the wave. Welcome back, beautiful people. We are going to get into our listener feedback segment. We've got an email here from Farah, she, her pronouns. This is in response to our episode last week with Dr. Charles Davis called School in Life. We're talking about, you know, college degrees and whatnot. All right, Farrah says, Woo! Dr. Davis gave us a whole sermon and I needed to stop and write in for the first time to say thank you for giving me that word and for this conversation. I'm a 35-year-old first-generation Black woman that went to a PWI for undergrad and an HBCU for law school. The debt is real, and I'm just hoping that God sees it fit for me to pay it down before I'm 40 so that I, too, can start thinking about the freedom of my post-debt years. I'm ready to add my two cents on the idea that these schools on the idea of these schools being businesses before they are educational institutions. Having gone to an HBCU and then working for some time at an Ivy Law School, I saw the business, the quote-unquote business decisions that are made at the expense of students, and it's one of the most incredibly frustrating things to witness, given what I and my parents sacrificed for that receipt. As Dr. Charles said, these institutions are set up to reap the financial reward 
while so many of us scrape pennies and enter into these predatory agreements to get proximate to white folk. There is no reason anyone under the age of 25 plus, let alone an 18-year-old, should be entering into a contract that could keep them in debt for the next 25 plus years of their lives. In any other circumstance, that would be unacceptable, but not when it comes to capitalism, honey. <laughs> in particular, the question Travell asked of Jarrett and Dr. Davis of how you counsel students triggered me because the answer definitely is, yes, we keep it real. But the harsh reality is that by the time we're having these conversations with them as students, it's usually too late. I watched so many students, myself included, go from wanting a career that would make a difference to becoming enslaved to the corporate world because they didn't see a light at the end of their debt tunnel. All that to say, I know that this system is set up to see us fail because they never wanted us there in the first place. To the extent you have young people in your life, encourage them to take their time. We don't need to make the biggest decisions of our lives at 18 and make these decisions that we think will set us up for success. And then, boom, a financial crisis happens and ain't no jobs. And now you're not only in debt, but you have no real career path Come either. On. So you just go back to school or you end up underemployed for a decade. I told you triggered one last paragraph <laughs> yes there are less financial aid options for those who go um the non-traditional route but to the extent these babies can wait to make these decisions and be able to think thoughtfully about their futures then they should be given the permission to do so college at 18 isn't the only way out college at 30 is just as good if not better until we can burn this system all the way down, we can start schooling the young folks and showing them that they deserve the grace and time to figure out their lives and whatever wacky-ass contracts they want to enter to. Parentheses, marriage included. I know that's right. I mean, I, there's so much to touch here. Like, first of all, very thorough letter. Uh, we appreciate it for your first time at bat. Shout out to Dr. <laughs> for, uh, to Dr. Davis for being here. Uh, I love Charles and think that he's just a really exceptional talent. So I'm really grateful to have him on the show. And he's fine. I mean, he's definitely not hard to look at, but I'm not going to do that. He's not ugly. I will say that the one of the things that you touched on that was interesting to me was the, the way that we as millennials have kind of taken it twice, right? And I mean, I always think about our generation uniquely in that like we had a massive recession in 2009 right when many of us were entering the workforce or like new in the workforce were getting ready to enter into it depending on where you were in that in that range we had a massive recession that like really impacted everybody for years and years and years right and then a pandemic hits and like i keep wondering what does that mean for us long term when we think about our debt and our finances but also like what does it mean for us when we think about our health when we've when we're thinking about healthcare and and who's had access and who hasn't, and then we've had a pandemic. When we think about what does that mean for us and our love lives and like getting married and having children and that starting later, and we already know that millennials get married later and all those things, which we actually talked about last week. I always wonder how a recession and a pandemic have like been like a one-two punch to millennials in a way that our parents didn't necessarily experience major financial catastrophes. There were plenty of social things going on, but like. The economy's definitely been up and down, but the way that it's been in, in my adult life, I feel like has been unique and interesting. So that's been something that 
is definitely on my mind. And the other piece that you talked about was talking with the students about debt and all of that and how it feels like it's a little bit too late when they're already, you know, getting ready to graduate or in, in the classroom. And that's something that I definitely think about a lot with my students and how we talk about our careers and what happens after college. I always make sure that the guest speakers that come to our class, that we have really clear conversation about like what the path is that got them to where they are, because it's usually not linear and it's usually not as prepackaged as we're told that that's supposed to look right and that that's supposed to oh you're supposed to go to college you're supposed to get this job you're supposed to be there for x amount of time then you're supposed to move to the next company then you're supposed to move up to another market if you're a broadcast journalist those kinds of things that doesn't happen for a lot of people right and so i always want to make sure that our students know that it is sometimes a non-linear path and sometimes it's going to be financially difficult sometimes it'll be emotionally and professionally difficult or mentally or whatever it is but like you know persevere and my students are at usc right so they're going to go out into the world and be much more likely to be leaders and editors and directors and, you know, vice presidents and all that kind of stuff simply because of the school that they went to. So this conversation made me think about how I need to be thinking about talking to them about certain things as well um, and trying to figure out how to make that work in the syllabus in the last couple. Of- yeah, I love I love the point Farrah makes about like with younger folks who are, who are pre-college, just like letting them know, giving them grace, giving the, letting them know that like, OK, listen, you ain't got to figure it all out. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to know it now. And that's been something really important that I've been trying to to instill in my own family with my with my little sister, you know, because, you know, Arab, listen, Travell was a star student. It just is what it is. OK, y'all can tell it just is what it is. But like, that's not everybody's journey. That's not everybody's journey. And it's important that she, for example, is able to figure out what her journey is regard like uh despite whatever choices that I had already made, right? So I love that point. Thank you so much for that email, Farah. Now it's time for us to get into our dishonorable mentions. These are the stories or people that caught our attention this week that deserve a call out either for their good or for their stupid. Uh, Travel, I'll let you go first. Yeah, so I only really have a couple. I, you know, I think I've mentioned on the show before, or if not, I'm sure you all have, you know, read some of my writing. So, of course, the girls have read me. Well, I mean, <laughs> listen. Come on, I live. She is what she is. What can Honey. I say? Period. But um, I've written about, you know, um, gender neutral markers on like IDs and passports and stuff like that. And so on Monday of the week that you all are hearing this, the gender neutral marker has become available now on passports here in the U.S. Um, and there are a variety of lots of feelings, thoughts, experiences, you know, that people have about them. I've written about them. Um, I'll make sure we put it in the um, show notes so that you can you can see the the article that grapples with all these different things. But I just wanted to to note that that is available for the folks who are interested in doing that. And I am one of them. Um, and then I also want to give an honorable mention to the winners of the Honda Campus All-Star Challenge this year, which is Morehouse College, mm. led by one of my good friends, their coach, one of my good friends, Robert Myrick. He has been their coach for the last five, six, seven, eight years. It's been a long time. And Morehouse always does very well in the competition, but they won the big competition this year. It's a, oh, I should say, Honda Campus All-Star Challenge is like a trivia bowl competition among HBCUs. 
And so Morehouse bested all of the other HBCUs this year. Um, So shout out to him and that team. Well, for my mentions, one, I want to give a mention to New Yorkers and Brooklyn more specifically after the shooting that happened early on Tuesday. As of right now, you know, the details are obviously still coming out. So I I won't get too specific because obviously this comes out on Thursday. But um, our... I'm thinking of all the folks that I know in Brooklyn and like having sent out like a series of texts this morning, like, Hey, are you okay? Um, and trying to remember who all is in that area. And if I miss anyone, my apologies. Um, but like just thinking about y'all and hope everyone was okay. I want to mention because it's slowly becoming a theme. Um, another one of the don't say gay stories, um, is available right now on NBCnews.com, where uh, in Texas, it, mind you, this is not a don't take a specific story because it was in Texas, obviously, but like the ways in which we're, you know, continuing to marginalize more and more people is having more and more impact in schools and in various different places. There's a story that I'll include the link to. Um, the headline from NBC News says a Texas teacher faces losing her job after fighting for gay pride symbols in school. And the way that we continue to see gay, queer, trans people um, attacked also means that, like, our kids are going to start losing their teachers and our kids are going to start losing their friends and our kids are going to start losing their advisors and their administrators. But also, like, all of those people are also going to be losing their jobs and they're going to be losing their homes and they're going to be losing, like, the things that they have worked for for years to be able to do, to be able to be an underpaid teacher in a, in a state like Texas, <laughs> right? Um, that is a really difficult place to be in for queer and trans folks specifically. So um, I wanted to just point that out. And then finally, I want to give an honorable mention um, to someone that I am losing right now. I got a great gift from uh, one of our friends, Ray, and it's a plant. It's named Sinclair James. All of the plants in the house are named after Black women. And we're about to lose her. And I just wanted to say... Girl, I know you to, fucking lying to me. As she goes to the great dumpster downstairs... I uh, know I, you fucking lying to me. I hope that she me. can find Fanti in a playlist somewhere <laughs> down in hell. Um, or up in heaven, wherever it is. Because, honey, the girl's about gone. Um, all that said... Uh, it's been a good time. Ray, I'm going to get another one. It'll be Sinclair 2. It'll be just fine. I can't. We want to remind y'all that we are on Pop Culture Happy Hour this week. The episode just dropped today. We get into a full discussion about Rathaniel with um, Aisha over there. It's a really great conversation. And um, I'm going to be listening to it this morning because... It was it was good. It was really, really good. If you enjoyed this conversation and it piqued your interest and you want just like a little bit more, just like a little bit more. And it's good, good. Go check out other episodes that have a related conversation. Travel, what should we direct them to for this one? Not you throwing it on me, honey, because you ain't found you like, ooh, it's so dirty. I, wow. <laughs> Wow. Good to know that I can so support. I can count dirty. on you for support in these moments. Um, go listen to an girl. old episode, girl. Enjoy it. Have a great time. We love y'all. Yes. Uh, <laughs> if you are listening on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, excuse me, uh, give us a five-star rating and a review. Listen, it's been a hard week. The book is due on Friday, okay? Honey, the girls are going through it over here. <laughs> It is. We're just glad to get a show on the goddamn air, okay? <laughs> if you have a comment or a suggestion about this week's show, you hear my voice cutting out and shit? I can't even... <laughs> Chill. 
If you have a comment or suggestion about this week's show, oh, we're at Fantai Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and now on TikTok as well. We have such a go. Check those out. Follow them and use the hashtag FantaiFam uh, to jump into the conversation. Or you can shoot us an email to Fantai at MaximumFun.org. Or you can join the Fantai Fam and become a financially contributing member to Maximum Fun and the show. Go to MaximumFun.org slash join and select Fantai as your favorite show on the network because, I mean, obviously. Yes, and the Maximum Fun Drive is coming up. That's the period of time of year on our network where, you know, we hope that you all will will help financially contribute to the work that we do here. And for doing so, you get little little trinkets, little gifts at different stages, depending on how much you can, you know, spare for little old us. So stay tuned for more information about that in the weeks to come. Our music is brought to you by the one and only Corice. That's C-O-R-A. Dot E-C-E, wherever you get slate worthy audio graphics are done by Ashley Wynn and the folks over at Moon House Creators. Our social media person is Melba Martinez. Our producer this week is Laura Swisher. <laughs> and our editor is Will Hagel. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. What is wrong with you? What's going on? What's going on? Oh, gosh. Why are you being difficult?